Welcome to the Mission Remix Podcast. Throughout history, God has been on mission to redeem the world and reconcile those living within it to himself. The gospel which serves to accomplish this remains the same, but the styles and ways God's people on mission locally frame it for those in their own culture and neighborhoods change. Like some artists, ministers with a mindset to carry out God's mission where they live, they take the familiar words of a song and then arrange it and mix it to have a fresh hearing to their own audience who needs to hear it. These are their stories. These are their methods. This is the Mission Remix Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to uh, South Main Baptist Church and our Mission Remix podcast. I'm Brian Sadler, and I'm here with today my co-host, Tico Montoya. All right, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a gorgeous day, and uh, we have a couple of great guests today. And uh, so continuing um, with our series on Love Thy Neighbor, um, which is in conjunction with Daniel's sermon series that he's doing right now, um, we're happy to have with us Shelly Fuller and Jan Wheeler uh, from Project Joy and Hope. So welcome, ladies. Glad Thank to you. be here. We're glad to have you here. Uh, we have had a variety of guests so far that mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. Um, provided ministry in different uh, ways, whether it's uh, apartments and um, even some churches that, that, that have been planted and different things like that. But I think some of the things that might be unique to you guys and um, the work that you do is some of the individual um, needs and things that are met um, as far as personal needs and, and just help in general for people. Um, but I want you to, to allude to that. You know much greater detail than I do. That's why I, I want to ask you. Um so, but before that, if you could, either one of you, um, give us a brief introduction on this ministry. Well, first of all, the series Love Thy Neighbor, since I'm a member here at South Main, means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but about 20 years ago, I was called uh, to Project Join Hope by going out and taking my kids to the Strawberry Festival here uh, oh, in Pasadena. Yeah. And what happened was I took my kids out there and Dr. Wheeler uh, was promoting Project Joy and Hope in a childlike setting. So we had a lot of games and a lot of mm-hmm. interaction with kids out there. And my kids just started getting involved and playing with the other kids and volunteering. And just and while they were doing that, Dr. Wheeler and I sat off to the side and uh, just started talking. And uh, we talked. We actually started talking about something that I had recently gone through, which was a breast cancer, so incident. So um, that's kind of how I got involved, and I just felt a very calling, just a calling at that point. I went home that night and I thought, wow. After talking to her, I felt so much more at peace just about myself mm-hmm. and my own situation, and then what she was out there doing, and the reason why she was out there. Um, in uh, memory of her own daughter Mm. and for the cause of what she went through and experienced um, walking through this with her daughter. So um, it's just been a calling and a ministry, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And South Main, wow, they've been so on board with this, and it's just Mm. been a fabulous thing for me. So So what are, I think that's that's fantastic. So what are, if you had to pick, and you don't have to give us, you know, two or three specifics, but if you could give some main 
um, primary areas of your ministry for a project? Like if someone said, well, what is Project Joy and Hope? Like what do they do? What do they offer? Dr. Willie, what, what might it be? Well, you know, we started this organization 23 years ago after my child died of bone cancer. Okay. I became aware of the needs that uh, families in Texas and beyond had when their children were diagnosed with a life-threatening illness. And we began um, uh, with small roots, but dedicated people, just like Shelley and others, who believed that we could make a difference. Uh, we began by going out into the greater Houston community and renting apartments all over the area, furnishing them, and then connecting with the medical center to get referrals to help families one family at a time. But as you fast forward mm -hmm. to what we're doing now, we always knew that families would do better as a family mm -hmm. if they were connected to other families and connected to the community. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we began an effort to build our own campus, which is about um, three miles from here on Tulip Street. That's right. And we really call it the miracle on Tulip Street. Mm. <laughs> and there, if you, uh, if you pulled into our uh, campus, you would see 12 three-bedroom, two-bath homes, as well as the first pediatric palliative care center in the country. And I'll let Shelley tell you more about those homes and really the miracles that happen on Tulip Street. Yeah, how many how many units do y'all have there? Just curiously, we have, we have twelve three bedroom homes, and they're completely furnished. And um, as as you as you have those 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 homes, and people come in, um, you know, just I, I just can't imagine. I mean, just what a blessing it is. Just what a blessing it is to have a home. Yeah, I mean, because you you're going through something that is so you know just life changing and altering correct I mean that's just what it is but to have to have a home be able to have that and say hey, this is a house this is a home it's furnished I'm here going through this and people do love me and there's a home it just reminds me of just I mean the the, the how God just does stuff I mean God is amazing I mean he he brought his home from heaven to earth when he brought Jesus and what y'all are doing y'all are bringing home for people away from their their so-called homes, wherever they may be. And they're coming from all, I'm sure, coming from all over the place, you know, to, to be here. But just what are people, I, I just can't imagine just to say this, the importance of this ministry. And we'll get into what, what y'all do and why y'all are doing this. But just remember, having a home is just key to just being able to 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 love to to finish out you know whatever wherever you're going whatever you may be doing wherever you may be headed but to come back to a home whatever you may be going through to have a home to, to do those things is just it's just so crucial you know to to see people's lives stability you know and encouragement with other people that are going through the same things they're going through um, is just really 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 amazing well i think that the the key word is relationships. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, even um, Pastor Daniel's speaking on that yesterday and has been for this love thy neighbor. And, you know, that's how Jesus ministered by building relationships. And that's, I know that's what my principle is, is, uh, you know, to, you can better serve and minister to someone and connect with someone if you build that relationship. If they don't know you very well, if they feel awkward or uncomfortable, then it's difficult. Um, you know, to help them much less share Christ with them. I mean, we're still going to do it, but those, that relational, what you, what you mentioned earlier, um, Shelly was, I think 
spot on. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just that relational building as far as those connections and 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 that Absolutely. certainly is you know manifests itself in those homes. Well, I think one of the main things is in uh, what's really every day, day in and day out is is you know we have Ronald McDonald House, we have these other great people and places to go down in the medical center but this this tulip street gets them a little bit away from that everyday medical center feeling number Mm -hmm. one but number two it's three bedrooms so we it's a place for family it's not just a child and a parent but we're our goal is to keep families together we have grandparents that come down here Mm. so when one parent's there you know the other parent can stay with the siblings uh, we really have a big focus on the siblings uh-huh. because there are a lot of times left behind. But just the family atmosphere there, we have a huge playground, and all the families, it's amazing. They get out there and play together, and they just join in, and they share each other's stories. So it's not always about the staff. It's about the 12 families that are there and what they have in common. Wow. I, I read on your biography, or at least on information about you on your website, um, it, it says Project Join Hope is a local nonprofit organization which was established in 2000 that makes a difference for families with seriously Ill, seriously ill children in our community every single day. Project Join Hope's goal is to be a safety net and keep these families together when tragedy strikes. And you know, and, and what better way to do that with than with family? I mean, to to have the family together as a unit. Uh, to come where are some of these folks coming from you know when you when you think about it you know when i'm sitting here thinking i know i'm I'm sure they're coming from different places but where where were y'all seeing some of these folks coming from we have one right now from panama and the neat thing about that they came in here um, they came here and they did not of course know anybody they did not speak any english and they had no transportation because they didn't know how to travel in houston i mean mm. we don't know how to travel in houston <laughs> right. you know, so they sure didn't know <laughs> how to travel does anybody in know how to travel in <laughs> yeah, houston? exactly uh, but uh, it was really neat because so many volunteers chipped in we had an hpd officer and his wife uh, step in and uh, come and just share and uh they interpreted for us and brought the family back and forth a couple of times from the medical center and got them situated. It's just been, it's just been hands on. Just the whole community has come to the, you know, to them and helped them in different ways. So that's one. We've had people come. From, we had a lady that had was expecting triplets from Africa. Wow. And that's uh, that's a whole story we'll get to later, but uh, that was really neat. But they come, and we have some local people as well. Okay. But they come from all over the world. Wow, wow. Well, can you, like, help explain, like, to the listeners and our, our, our I guess our, our, our listening audience, kind of the logistics of these 12 properties? Like, how do they eat? You know, some of the basic things, like who provides the food, who, who pays for the electricity and the water, you know, because I think this is sometimes – we don't stop to think about, you know, these absolute necessities that are being taken care of that you guys are meeting. How How is that being done? Well, Project Joy and Hope is not a government organization. We rely on the generosity of churches, of mm-hmm. other organizations, of individuals and companies who share our vision for uh, keeping these families together and uh, uh, after the diagnosis and beyond. Uh, when they come to us, they come through referrals from the Texas Medical Center. Okay. We have a process for that. Oh, 
And uh, once they uh, are referred, then we um, have an application process where we sit down and uh, we want these families to know that not only are we giving them a roof over their head, Mm -hmm. but we're giving them a full complement of programs. At our palliative care center, we have uh, an attorney on on site to do uh, end-of-life care planning. We have notary services. We have a children's center. Uh, We have activities that we want them to participate in. So we don't just give them a key to a house house and say, okay, see you later. What we do is every day we interact with these families to give them some joy and to give them hope in the process. Uh, Most you ask a question about um, uh, about the needs that we have. Well, you know, we have 12 electric bills every month, mm-hmm. 12 water bills. We, the grounds are beautifully maintained. Uh, the families uh, invest in their own solution. There's a small service fee that they pay, but they do not pay rent. And so um, I think that uh, Shelley will also share even – in these service fees that are provided, that's where folks like South Main, haven't they, Shelley? They've absolutely stepped in and, and helped. Um, I would say that um, what we do at Project Joy and Hope is not only give them a place to live, we give them a opportunity to be a family. They can go to the medical center and get their treatment. Then they can ha- come home and just live, mm-hmm. uh, cook in their own kitchen. And uh, uh, you ask about eating. Tell them, Shelley, some of the things that South Maine has done to, to help these families along the way. Well, South Maine has been very, very active. Um, when I came to South Maine, I'm going to say around six years ago now, um, I walked in and I wasn't, it wasn't about Project Joy and Hope then. It was about my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I walked in the doors, and wow, it was amazing. I saw so many ministries going on. Ministries not about my ministry at Project mm-hmm. Joy and Hope, but other ministries that I was excited about and got involved in. And uh, Bethlehem, uh, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. you know that's coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Uh, but when I, the further I got into it with my Sunday school class, the more people got involved, and then it just started growing and growing. And uh, one of the first things that um, that I went to them with is we have the power of 24, and what 24 dollars is a month is uh, what that does is it pays, um, that's what it costs for one person, a family, to live at Tulip Project for one day. So that's how we started the Power of 24. And right when I introduced that to my Sunday school class, we immediately started doing that. So once a month, my own class passes around a bowl, and it's called the Power of 24. And it's it's way more than 24. It's right. just gotten bigger and bigger as our class has grown in size uh, and all. But that's one of the things they do. Another thing is is, is that any time uh, we have a family in need of any type of services, whether it be parking, whether it be food, groceries, anything like that, um, South Main jumps in with gift cards. It's just you put it out there, and the different Sunday school classes and the different ministries just help each other. And so it's just a community-based church and effort. So anytime there's a need, I mean, I could go on and on. They, they, we have our upcoming gala coming up, yes, and uh, right. South Main uh, came up with about twenty-five auction items. Wow! The different wow. members, the different Sunday school classes, and even the children get involved. So it's just been, it's just a great experience. How would you say that um, through these direct 
interactions with the families and the homes. Um, like you said, they go to their treatments, they come back to their homes and into that sense of family um, that they see the core beliefs of you, you know, yourselves in terms of your, your, your belief in Christ and, and in God. And um, how do you have any examples of stories that you can tell that of someone who maybe didn't know the Lord or maybe they strayed or swayed from the Lord um, and through y'all's, um, you know, tending unto the least of these, if you will. Um, and that's not necessarily in all situations, but doing God's work, doing Jesus's will, um, seeing that reflected back. Well, one that comes to mind to me is one that uh, a family that came to us that was living on the couch in a bedroom of another family member while their child had uh, a bone cancer. Mm -hmm. They were here from Tennessee and really needed a home of their own because mm -hmm. as their child, it became evident that their child was not going to be cured. Mm -hmm. They really mm -hmm. wanted time alone with a family and privacy. And so as they moved to Project Joy and Hope, they had many days of um, mm. wonderful experiences where they could spend time with their daughter. They had a, a son that was 10, their daughter was 12, and mom and dad had given up their occupations just to focus on these children. When, when children are diagnosed, many times at least one person loses their job because of the attention that has to be focused. Mm -hmm. But what I saw with this family over time, you know, I think we believe that the only way people see Jesus is in the hands and feet and eyes of people Amen. that walk Amen. in and participate. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he, we experience and know that he's there. Um, we don't talk about the power of Jesus every day. But we demonstrate his power acted out, through yeah. the things that we're enabled uh, to do because of so many other people connecting to our mission. But what I was going to say about this family is that I noticed that uh, mom was a believer. Mm -hmm. And in my, you know, twice a month, the families come in and visit and talk. Uh, and so I get to talk with dad, get to talk with mom. Sometimes Shelly's talking with the mom mm -hmm. and I'm talking with the dad. And so it's never the same, you know, the interactions that we have. But as, uh, as the child came closer to death, I saw how dad uh, really began to grow in his faith. And mom even said to me, you know, I wasn't so sure about my husband's faith. But through this experience and this experience here, he's witnessed uh, what it's like to be loved, what it's like to be cared for, and that our only hope is in Christ. Amen. And she said it was so exciting to know that he, too, now believes. Wow. I mean, think of that. I mean, that, that goes back to, you know, what you call the miracle on Tulip Street. I mean, that, that right there. I mean, and I love what you said earlier, an opportunity to be a family. And a family um, is more than just just brother, sister, mom, and dad, and uncle, grandma, grandpa. It's a family of God as well. And, and the opportunities that y'all allow for people to, like South Maine, to love thy neighborhood, to be in contact with the community, to be in touch with the community, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. It's that body of Christ mentality yeah. that really is coming together and to you know to in, to fruition, um, you know, and I don't I don't mean this to 
come out wrong or um but words are cheap aren't they i mean when we when we really look at the church today i mean not our church necessarily just the church uh words are cheap and i'll be there you know and yes i'm happy to help and uh, or contribute and so often i don't know that that happens mm. um, as much as it should and then we're probably all guilty of, of of it to a certain extent but it's so cool to speak to you ladies and to hear the truths of you guys putting it into action um you know and i i, I really think that's fantastic then i kind of had a second part i wanted to add onto that you talked about the death of this this child that was ensuing death of, of the bone cancer. How do you, when that occurs, um, how do you go through uh, grief, help, or share, you know, counseling or with the, with that family over the loss uh, of someone? And how how does that is that like a process, um, or do you just sort of, you know, I'm sure that they're all unique cases is what I'm getting at. So. Well, you know, grief, um, grief occurs at many points in time. Mm -hmm. Many times we grieve before a person actually goes to heaven. Mm. Uh, it's a, uh, it so is true. a, it is a process. Rarely do, uh, we meet the point of death without recognizing that, uh, death will come. And so many of these families over many months are grieving the loss, not only of what was normal for them, but the impending loss of their uh, of their children. Uh, not uh, many children come to Project Joy and Hope and go home with new hearts, new lungs, new sure. livers. Right. There's Absolutely. happy days. But we also, uh, even this summer, uh, we've had uh, three deaths this mm -hmm. summer uh, on our campus. Uh, I think that many times we think, how do we do this? We many times it's not what you say. It's really being present with someone. I, uh, I think that... Uh, Available. Uh, the availability. Uh, I recall in one instance just being able to sit, you know, Shelly or myself or both being able to sit and be present when people are in pain. I remember a recent incident in our office where a man had just lost their daughter and he came in and he just wanted to be held. And he went through the staff from the front door. Uh, he went and ran into one of our staff members, and he just wanted to hug. And then he came down the hall, and he just fell into my arms for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say much. He just wanted to be held and hugged and loved. And then he went on into Jan. And this went on for 30 or 45 minutes, and it was so humbling because God was just present from the time he walked into the door all the way through until he left. Mm -hmm. And when he left, he made the comment, this is the first time I felt at peace since this happened. Wow. And so just the, it wasn't that we said a lot, um, but it was just that we held him and he felt secure and he had hope. And um, it's just so important. And the power of prayer, the opportunities that we give to get to pray with these people and the husbands, the wives, the children, it's just amazing how much they feed off of that. And so I think it's, uh, I like what you said, uh, Brian, earlier is um, it's, it's not just the talk, it's the walk. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we can say a lot, we can pray a lot, but to go out there and be equipped because God gives us, you know, he equips us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so it's very important to go out there and just serve every day. And we're, we're equipped to do it. And I think that that's one thing I can uh, say that just brings joy to my heart about Project Joy and Hope is we do that day in and day out. You know, in the, in the trials that, you know, looking, looking back in Scripture, people go, we all go through trials, right? We all have trials, various trials. And um, I think sometimes that we, if we realize, we look in Scripture in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's, all, there's, a, there's a story um, that Jesus is, the, the, the disciples on the water, they're in a boat, right? And Jesus is asleep in the boat with them. And, of course, a big squall comes up. At least this is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, and, and it comes up, and, and the disciples get worried because, I mean, the waves are coming. It's uncertainty. They're scared. They're worried. They're, 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 they're frightened. And Jesus is there asleep, you know, but he's there. And they go to say, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we're about to die? And, and Jesus is, is words. You know, he, he gets up, and he says, oh, you have little faith. Where's your faith, basically? Where's your faith? And he calms the storm. And I think in, in these stories that, that I'm hearing in y'all, y'all's, y'all's the, the Project Joy and Hope is Jesus in the boat with people. The reminder that you guys and everybody that volunteers is a part of Jesus in the boat with people in their lives because they're going through the storms of life. They're going through these storms. Sometimes, you know, it could be a transplant. It could be cancer. It could be just various illnesses. And, and, and it rocks their world. It rocks their world. And on those times of uncertainty, when the waves get so big, we're there to, you know, people are there to like South Maine or you guys or other volunteers that are remind them, guess what? Jesus is in the boat with you. God is present with you. And I think that that is, that is just part of that miracle that, that happens in the depthness of, of that, in the love of that, in the, the, the compassion and the mercy and the grace that all comes forth. And you're talking about this gentleman who just wants to be held and just says, I've never experienced anything like it since to grieve like this. I'm finally there is because it's the presence of God and the Holy Spirit that Amen. is there. Yeah, I, I was literally going to say that, that this gentleman you're talking about, I mean, it's the Christ in you and each of you who, who hugged him, you know, communicating and comforting the Christ in him. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just it really shows the, the power uh, of how God works through people of all different walks um you know and talents and gifts um and what you sensed may have been a little bit different than what uh jan sensed you know but nevertheless you both had that heart for christ and and the heart and recognized the need and i think that's what tico's talking about and i want to i want to i want to go back to you said there was a lady that had was pregnant with triplets you know you mentioned that earlier uh tell us a little about her story and what's what's going on well um she came here from Africa by herself. Um, she was an attorney in Africa, and uh, her husband was a serviceman there. And uh, it's been several years ago, and uh, she came in. And in Africa, they don't—they're not set up for twins, much less triplets. Mm, so, wow. and uh, so there, she was having a few complications there, and so they um, got her over here. It took a while. And um, I'll let Jan touch on this as well. But when we received her. Um, she, of course, didn't know anybody. She did know a little, some English, um, so that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. And um, she came, and it was amazing. She did not have a clue. She knew no one. Can you imagine coming from Africa, expecting babies, and not going to have your husband here, wow. and being by yourself, wow. and all? 
And so she delivered the triplets, and uh, unfortunately, one of them passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had two little bitty babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't remember their weights, but I think they were around two pounds or less. Oh, wow. And uh, they were able to um, take those babies. And about six or seven months later, we were able to send them home. Oh. And But while they were here... It was amazing to me the people that came and stayed with her and prayed with her. We had volunteers not only from South Maine, but other churches in the area as well, and individuals that came and sat with that lady and held those babies so she could sleep Mm. and uh, Mm -hmm. went to the grocery store for her. I mean, you have to understand, she did not have anyone. And so um, once she got, I mean, we went through a death of a child with her Mm -hmm. as well as bringing into the world two beautiful children. Mm. And uh, to this day, she stays in contact with us and with some of the volunteers that came Mm -hmm. in and helped her. Oh, I think that, um, you know, many times we think we're serving others, but through that service, we're the ones who are blessed This young woman was of the Muslim faith, Mm -hmm. and so her faith was radically different than uh, the faith that many of us have. Mm -hmm. Uh, But throughout that experience, it caused her to ask questions Mm -hmm. uh, because um, she wanted to know why people did what they did uh, in service to her. And it was so wonderful to be able to get that opportunity to share Christ in that way to someone who was of a different faith. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, I had a call from her about a month ago, I guess, and she still calls me Mama Jan. Mm. Uh, but uh, her English has improved. The children are now six years old. Wow. One, one of them has special health care needs, but mm-hmm. uh, her hope is for she and her husband uh, and her children to come back one day and be able to revisit our campus. Uh, I don't know if you have time, but there's a story about South Maine that um, just is kind of on my heart. Okay, go ahead. Um, I love Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Bethlehem here. I, uh, uh, I uh, belong to a sister church, but I love to come out to Bethlehem and, and participate as a volunteer in this event because I think throughout the city and throughout Harris County, it gives people an opportunity to see the Christ child, and it's Mm -hmm. a great experience. But I remember several years ago when we uh, were able to invite all the children uh, from the Tulip Project campus to come to Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as they were entering Bethlehem, it was so exciting to see uh, the excitement of what they were going to experience. You know, there's the camels, there's so many things happening. But when you talk about the miracle on Tulip Street, mm-hmm. I like to think about the miracle of Bethlehem mm-hmm. because it was at Bethlehem where one of our families got the call that said lungs were available for their child. Mm-hmm. And so literally they had walked through Bethlehem, discovered the Christ child, and gotten a call for new lungs for their child. And so uh, that, to me, um, was an exciting... uh, Every time I think about Bethlehem, I think Mm -hmm. about uh, the miracle that happened that night, just like it did in the birth of Jesus, but the miracle that happened for one of our family. Mm. That's that's, that's so special, and it it actually touches really close to home with with me. My dad was a, a kidney transplant recipient, way back in 1985, and um, I remember when he got 
the call that they had found a match and he was on dialysis, you know, three, four days a week. And he would go in um, like a puffer fish, the best way I can describe him. And I would go back and pick him up three, like, three hours later and he would be just as, you know, skin and bones. He was had one foot in, in the grave, you know. So him getting that call, I, I can relate. That is, you're so thankful and it's such a God thing. And I think that's so cool that that happened at Bethlehem to, to see the miracle child and then get a miracle call about some lungs that are available. So, And then on top of all that, after she got the call, I was standing pretty close to her. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know the frantic excitement and right. everything. But we all, and there was other families there as well, and we all gathered around and prayed. And, of course, when you do that, people are out, what's going on, what's going mm-hmm. on? But everybody just kind of joined in. And then we just passed it around, and by the end of the night, everybody was coming up saying, now what's his name? You know, what's her name? Wow. You know, and everything. And then that just got more people involved with South Maine because they saw they were able to see this and then follow it. And to this day, they still follow, a lot of people who still follow that family. Wow. And, 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 and uh, d- d- not to, but, but the, lung, the lung transplant was successful almost obviously. And Well, let me I tell mean, you. I mean, because that's absolutely. incredible science. I mean, I actually, you know. Well, think- this kid was connected up about how much, Shan? Just he was connected to a ventilator since birth until he was six years old. And so what happened wow. there was when he got those lungs and he got out of the hospital, um, Christopher, one of our employees, um, was very close to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when he got let out of the hospital and came home, he, for the first time, got to run. And he got mm-hmm. to run up to Christopher and jump in his arms. Mm, wow. And it's just so heartwarming to see that, to see what God has done. And all the people around that he's touched. It's not just a child that he's touched. The he's ripple touched, effect. He's touched the medical field. He's touched our church. He's touched us as staff members and just everybody that's had a part in it. And it's just been amazing. And, you know, when we get these families, it's not just for four to six months because that's the average stay. But it's years on because they, we get to see them grow up. We got to see a, a, one of our first lung transplant girls. We got to watch her take her first Sweet 16 dance wow. at our gala. Wow. With lungs. Wow. And, and now she's out of college, you know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And it's like it goes back to what Jan said earlier is that not only are you – helping but but we're being blessed you are being blessed by seeing the things that god is doing in these people's lives and like you said for extended periods of time i mean you know even after they've left quote your program or whatever you're still in contact with them and hearing success stories uh so the blessings you know it's what god promises us Mm -hmm. you know i will will bless you you know Uh, i think that's 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 fantastic i I think I, i i love that story and here's why coming through Bethlehem, you know, he sees this family and all these families end with that Christ event, seeing Jesus at the end down there. And if you haven't been to Bethlehem, I invite you, you know, in December to come check out our website. Um, but it, 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 they go there and there's the hope there's the joy. And then there's the hope. Mm-hmm. But on top of that here, here's what those lungs, it just, just God's breath just fills people's lives and as he breathes into them they're able to exhale maybe for the first time they've been holding in some stuff and they're able to exhale what comes out sometimes you know what comes out of course there's hurt and there's pain but and in, in inside of that when god breathes into you 
eventually that hope is going to come back out. That joy is going to come back out. And for this family to breathe life into their life, but also into people around them. You saw the ripple. I think, Brian, you said the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. You saw that ripple. That's God's breath. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God at work, breathing in and through Project Joy and Hope. He has filled it with his spirit. He has filled it with his breath of life. And he's given, even in the in the midst of death sometimes, he's given you all life. And he's given you the ministry of healing, the ministry of grief, sharing, and, and all these different things. I'm so glad that South Main is associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just real briefly, because I want to get into um, some areas on how people can directly help. You know, what specific areas can mm-hmm. they help? But before I do, what are some of the, um, I guess, obstacles that you may face um, with Project Joy and Hope, or uh, what things might is it like bureaucratic stuff like, you know, like licensing, laws, real estate stuff? Um, what obstacles are there, if any, for Project Joy and Hope? One of the things that um, is an ongoing challenge for many organizations and nonprofits is how do you fund the work that you do? Mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. Have, we have a small staff. Uh, we have four full-time employees and a part-time family service coordinator, and everyone is working in programs with families. Not only do we have this program, but we do grants for families that live in the community that don't uh, necessarily need our housing. And so many times every month, we're providing $500 to a number of families in the community. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, that takes dollars. They may not live with us, but they have need to pay their rent, to pay their parking, to to pay for things where they've lost their jobs. Uh, We also... uh, provide scholarships for children who've experienced the death of a sibling or parent. And uh, uh, this year, Shelley, how much did we distribute to, directly to those bereaved children? We, we, we raised over $80,000. Wow. And that's, wow. we that's were awesome. very, um, I have to tell one little story about sure. that. Yeah. It's just very touching. So we raised that and we had, uh, I believe, uh, 26 students that received scholarships in the area. And that night of the event, we gave out all the scholarships and everybody was really happy. And a man and his wife uh, asked if they could come up to the front and join us. And uh, we did, and we uh, let him come up there. And it was just on his heart that on the way there, they were touched about our program and what our scholarships meant. And they gave each student an extra $1,000. So that made it go mm. almost to like $106,000 wow. total oh that everybody got. So it was just amazing. Here we are in the middle of a program, and there God is again. Doing Absolutely. His working. And so it, you never know. I mean, we sometimes it's a day of the event. Like we did not know until that afternoon this was happening. So we didn't even know. So it was oh it was fun for us as well. Wow. You know, there's joy in it. So that's really neat. Now, the scholarships go to all over the area. I think it's within like 60 miles. Is that correct? Uh, I think so. Oh, yeah. wow. So um, any any student that has lost a mother, a father, a brother or a sister is eligible. And those go out to all the uh, schools in January. So if you're out there and you're a senior and you've had a loss, either contact our agency or contact your school counselor because they will have the information on that. Um, well, let me tell people how they can get in contact with you. So they can go to your website and um, 
that they can sign up to donate there or they can, and, and there's a couple of different options as far as like monthly or however they want to do that. So what is your website? It's, it's joyandhope.org, J-O-Y-A-N-D-H-O-P-E.org. Okay. We'd love for you to like us on our Facebook page. All right. Uh, Facebook so, page is Joy and Hope. Uh, so you go to Facebook forward slash Joy and Hope and and like us, and then you'll see more uh, pictures and exciting uh, uh, things that are happening. I know last week uh, on our Facebook page, Shelley introduced a group from Clear Creek Cavaliers. They came out and donated some toys to our children. Shelley okay. gave them a tour, and uh, if you're in our Facebook uh, uh link then you would have seen those pictures so uh it would bless you to get to see uh all of the things that are happening on tulip street and also too there's also a form on our website for Mm -hmm. volunteers so if you're interested in volunteering you fill out the form and you will be contacted and we have a lot of opportunities and don't miss out volunteerism means that's the core of our agency if it wasn't for our volunteers we wouldn't be able to function they're so important important. yes absolutely Absolutely. so thank y'all thank you shelly and dr willie thank y'all for coming in today and i mean just sharing your heart with us and and able to to hear from y'all know y'all and um i i I really hope people I, i really do hope and and have joy and to, for people to, to really look in and to see if, if this is a ministry where folks would love and an organization where they can come in and walk alongside you guys to show Jesus in the boat with people, even in times of trial, that, because that's what y'all are doing. And to know this, Jesus in the boat with you guys as well. And anything we can do to show that, then we, we love, love to do that. All right. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us. Yes, and, thank uh, you. We'll see y'all later. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mission Remix podcast. If you would like to hear more stories and conversations from those like our guests today who are living missionally in their own cultures and neighborhoods, be sure to hit like or click subscribe from wherever you're listening to this show. If this episode was encouraging and inspiring to you, feel free to share it with others who could use some encouragement too. The Mission Remix is a podcast of South Main Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, where we work, support, and partner with many missionaries and pastors like the one you heard today around the greater Houston area. If you would like to know how you can further support mission endeavors like these, whether that be through generosity or service, you can email us at info at southmain.org. Until next time, keep living on mission for the sake of your own neighborhood.